Hello and welcome to Reaching More Together, a Multiplication Network podcast. I'm your host, Abby Winter, and today we'll be hearing from Director of Global Strategic Initiatives, Dr. Gary Teja. He'll be telling us more about the Center for Innovation and Technology and how advancements like AI are helping church planters around the world. so much, Dr. Taya, for joining us today. So I kind of wanted to start by asking a bit more about you. So if you could let us know who you are, how you ended up joining Multiplication Network, that would be great. Okay. Okay. Well, um, our president, John Wagenveld, and I have been friends for probably 40 years and ever since he was in seminary. And so our paths have crossed along the way. We've done workshops together in Latin America. Um, we worked together at Bible League International, and then I followed him over here. And uh, prior to that, I had served as an advisor to the board for a Multiplication Network early on. Um, I have uh, served as the first uh, vice president for global ministry for the first 10 years, and then moved into a new position called Director of Global Strategic Initiatives, and part of that involves the Center for Innovation Technology, or for short, CIT. Yeah. So, CIT, let's learn more about that. When was that conceptualized and uh, brought into being? CIT was conceptualized uh, during the uh, pandemic, Hmm. and uh, it's actually been uh, in a developmental stage for the past two years. Um, certain things were already uh, taking place in Latin America in technology because of, uh, of COVID. We had provided them with uh, grants for two years to uh, move into that area. Mm-hmm. And some things are also being done in Spain. Uh, but uh, uh, CIT really began to uh, come together oh, probably about a year ago. Mm. So it started out in Latin America. Um, so what exactly is the purpose of CIT? Okay, CIT has uh, several different functions. The first off is to provide online training for uh, church planters. Uh, also online training for trainers who will be working with the church planters in the field. Uh, it also uh, provides um, uh, an application, an app uh, that can link uh, both laptops and cell phones to our, our robust database so we can gather information on what's taking place out in the field. Um, CIT also has an element to it called the MN University where we're going to be providing uh, training for our staff members around the world regarding our mission, our vision, our core values so that we're all on the same page. Uh, we also uh, work with our uh, regional hubs in the development of their websites that they want to use in their region. And um, we also um, provide uh, additional uh, training online, such as uh, Module M, which is uh, Ministry to Muslims, Mm -hmm. and um, a mentoring uh, program as well. Yeah, so it does sound like that we're already using technology to help with the training of church planters. Are there any other ways that you haven't already listed that are um, being used to train? Well, one of the things we're doing is we're providing uh, solar-powered devices in parts of Africa that already come uh, 
uh, full of uh, training materials, Bibles, and other resources that can be used, particularly in Africa. Uh, in fact, we're taking 20 of these devices with us uh, next week to uh, Tanzania, and uh, most of the materials are in Swahili, you know, since that is the predominant language in that part of the world. Uh, we also are working with another device called uh, Lightstream that's an intranet. So resources can be put on this device and then um, in a group setting, in a training session, um, those who are present can actually download all the materials to their personal devices. Wow. And that works great in areas that have low bandwidth because it's not dependent on the internet. Wow, that's so amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know that we were doing that. That's very cool. Yeah, we have, we're having fun as a team. Yeah, it sounds like I should like say, it. the team uh, consists of three of us. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, Wally uh, De La Fuente here in the States, uh, Romo Salazar in Ecuador, and myself. And then we have an advisory team made up of some of the hub directors and some of the technology specialists out in the field. Wow, very cool. So... Obviously, we're in a digital age now where technology is used in pretty much everything. Mm -hmm. So how is technology impacting churches today? Okay. Many churches, uh, because of the pandemic, ended up going to live streaming if they hadn't already. And uh, many churches have found that there are members within their congregation that still prefer to just live stream rather to, than to come to a physical worship service. Uh, and so one of the things that we're looking into is how to help churches in the field to become more uh, digitally focused. Um, there are some groups, especially as we launch out in some of our training programs in church planning, uh, in which those uh, church planners are already now working digitally, and so they themselves are considering the possibility of a digital church, and a virtual church. And so we are beginning to do some studies in that as a team and to see how we can produce some materials that would help them and to look at the pros and cons of online worship services, online baptisms, and things of that nature. Wow. I don't think I've heard of online baptisms, but... It's taking place in some parts of the world. Wow. Yeah. That's so interesting. Yeah. So does that impact differ depending on where you are in the world? Because you mentioned, um, like in Africa, for example, maybe the lack of bandwidth. Mm -hmm. Yeah, even, even doing a Zoom call uh, in different places in Africa can be a, a struggle. Mm -hmm. uh, I have a monthly contact with our leader in Zimbabwe, and we actually had to help him increase his bandwidth in order to maintain a signal. But uh, it's because of that then uh, we either look at these devices or with some of the online trainings that we've got uh, going, because of the programs that we're using, we can, they can, it will automatically throttle down uh, depending on the amount of bandwidth that they have. Um, but we do recognize the fact that in some places just by providing the materials that they can look at offline uh, will be uh, better um, remedy to the, for the situation for them. Mm -hmm. Now, granted, face-to-face uh, -face is probably the best way, the physical uh, contact, uh, but in some cases um, things will stay digitally, and in some countries um, 
especially among Muslims, uh, this might be the way to go, or just very small house churches. Okay, so AI is obviously a really hot topic right now, not only in mainstream media, but also in the church. Is CIT doing anything with AI? Do we have anything in development? Yeah. Um, AI scares me. <laughs> <laughs> but we have found that it can be a useful tool. Mm. Uh, and so we are testing, uh, putting out several of our self-study courses, the one on mentoring as well as the one on uh, reaching out to Muslims. And uh, um, my voice has been recorded. Uh, others have had their voices recorded. And uh, we're now uh, producing an audio version with artificial intelligence. But avatars are also being created uh, from us. And so um, we could be teaching and speaking, and it's really not us. Uh, we're we're, we're going to test it. But we are going into it uh, with um, wisdom and wanting to make sure that this is an area that we really want to develop. Mm -hmm. But it does open up lots of possibilities. It, re it requires less prep, uh, does require more editing, but less prep up front. And uh, it can go into other languages. Mm -hmm. um, Ramal Salazar is an example. We recorded him, and he's speaking wonderful uh, English with his uh, Ecuadorian accent, uh, and uh, that would not be possible if it weren't for artificial intelligence. Wow, I didn't realize that we were doing anything yeah. like that. It's it's we only started on it about a month ago, mm. and so it's uh, still preliminary, but we do see some uh, possibilities of making use of artificial intelligence. Yeah, so we talked a little bit about how one of the challenges in using technology is um, the bandwidth problem. Are there any other challenges that you've seen when using technology on the field to conduct training or even to do stronger churches training? Mm -hmm. Well, it, it kind of requires uh, uh, that the end user has some te technological savvy. They, mm. they have to be able to uh, know how to... Uh, get onto the program uh, through a URL or a link. Um, they need to know a little bit more about technology in order uh, for it to function well for them. Not everyone has that savviness. And not everyone has the, um, they don't have the predilection. They don't have the uh, uh, wherewithal you know, to work in a technological age. So those are the people that function best in a face-to-face -face situation. Mm -hmm. The ones that do great in technology are the ones, the 20-somethings and the 30-somethings, and, and that's one of the programs that they launched in Latin America. And so I see those as the ones that will make the most use of technology, not only for training, but also for online church. How would you respond to maybe criticisms of maybe relying too much on technology when planting churches? Well, I would say that uh, any, any means of um, doing training, uh, any means of teaching, uh, of learning, uh, we need to be uh, finding out what works what, well in what setting. Um, 
the fact is, technology is here to stay. It's not going away. I mean, there's some that are even going to virtual reality, mm. and that's that's a stretch. We're even looking at that, but uh, um, I'm not. I don't think multiplication network is quite there yet. Mm. But I think we just need to recognize that uh, technology is a tool, and it's not an end all. It's not an answer. It's not a panacea. Uh, it's just one more means uh, for the church to be able to, to function. And uh, you know, the church has evolved over the years. Uh, we don't do things the same way that they were done in, uh, in the New Testament time. We don't do the same things that were done when uh, uh, Wesley was out uh, itinerating around the, the countrysides. So um, we just need to be open to how God is using present-day situation, circumstances, technology uh, to advance the cause. The biggest cause was when uh, when the Bible became printed, and that was a technology. That's true, yeah. And there was a lot of controversy around, like, even translating into different languages, oh, right? Because yeah, the yeah. Catholic Church wanted it to be mainly in the um, Latin or Greek. Right, and we still have it today uh, with the different versions of the Bible, uh, especially in Latin America. Uh, there are some that say you have to have the RSV uh, 1960 version, and uh, others say, no, you need to go with the NIV, uh, Spanish version uh, of the Bible. Um, and uh, there are even others, other Bible versions that are probably even more appropriate. Um, uh, I have my preference, but uh, uh, we just recognize that as we work with different denominations, we're, we need to be able to provide uh, scripture, if we're going to have scripture on our devices uh, in different versions that would be acceptable to them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. So you've been part of Multiplication Network for a few years now. Yes. And you've been in multiple roles. Mm -hmm. So you've probably heard a lot of different testimonies around the world and through your work. Is there one story in particular that has really impacted you? I would say uh, what's being done in Spain. Mm -hmm. um, our our uh, hub leader, uh, Juan Castro, was one of the early adopters of technology. And uh, of course this came about during the uh, pandemic. But he was able to take their face-to-face uh, -face training and put it into an online version, very interactive. Uh, there were videos that were produced and then uh, a monthly Zoom call with all the church planters to, to uh, follow up, to answer any questions that may have come up, to do some additional trainings. I would say that's an excellent model of what could be done with uh, using technology for training church planters in the field. And uh, I've been excited about uh, all that they have done. Yeah, that sounds great. Yeah. All right, so as we're wrapping up today, is there anything else that you wanted to share that I haven't asked you up to this point? like to give some uh, credit also to Latin America. We provided them with a couple of grants early on uh, when CIT was uh, first formed and they were able to take uh, their face-to-face -face training and put it into an online version. They actually produced four different uh, church planter training programs and, uh, and so kudos to them. 
the newest area, uh, you mentioned it, uh, Stronger Churches, is something that uh, we will be working on this next year to put that into an online format. Um, the uh, 12 modules for Stronger Churches in the Physical Presence um, uh, were developed this past year by a team, and now we're going to take that content and put it um, into a, a format for online delivery as well. Uh, we just need to recognize that not everyone can come together uh, for various reasons, and so uh, using technology, using online training is just one more way of getting uh, the training out there. It's not an end in itself. Yeah. I think that's a great note to end on. Thank you again for joining us. You're I welcome. really appreciate your time. Thank you. Thank you for listening and for supporting Multiplication Network through your gifts and prayers. If so led, we encourage you to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. You can also visit our website, multiplicationnetwork.org, to learn more about becoming a monthly multiplier, read testimonies from church planters around the world, sign up for our monthly newsletter, and more. For Reaching More Together, I'm Abby Winter. <laughs>